The One Voice DSM podcast shares the story of major projects and initiatives shaping our region and highlights the key players and the Greater Des Moines Partnership investors who are making them happen. Each episode, you'll learn about a game-changing project and hear an in-depth conversation with community leaders who are helping drive it forward with one voice and one mission as one region. I'm your host for today's recording, Tiffany Tauschek, Chief Strategy Officer of the Greater Des Moines Partnership. Let's listen to the interview. Well, welcome to the One Voice DSM podcast. Today, I am joined by Dan Houston, Chairman, President, and CEO at Principal, as well as Hannah Inman, who is Executive Director at the Great Outdoors Foundation. Today, we're here to talk about a very exciting project that's taking shape called the Central Iowa Water Trails Project. Dan is the chair of the Central Iowa Water Trails Incubator Board of Directors, and Hannah, in addition to being a member of the board, also leads the Great Outdoors Foundation, which is one of the regional organizations leading this project. I'm also proud to serve on that incubator board alongside Dan and Hannah. So the Water Trails Project has been called the most transformational quality of life project of our generation. This is actually our very first One Voice DSM podcast, and I can't think of a better topic than this one, given its importance to our entire region and so many of our partnership investors. So Dan, Hannah, let's start here. Tell us about the project and the elements people should know. Well, let me kick it off, and I'll throw it to Hannah. But it's exciting to know that we can take something that's been around since Earth itself and think that we could activate the waterways in central Iowa. And I think what we all have to appreciate is the wide scope and nature of the number of parties who have already committed to making this happen. The public sector, the private sector. It was uh, it was such a rewarding experience, Hannah, just the other day to kick things off in Johnston. What was your take on that? I think I every time I engage with this project um, more and more, I see people's excitement. And to see people coming out, not just your traditional supporters, but actual community members. And this is just one access point. And we had people getting in with paddle boards and kayaks. They, they couldn't wait to get in the water. It was so true. You know, ironically enough, Hannah, when I arrived, I had just come from a board of directors meeting at principal. And I had about 30 minutes to get there, and I was worried about getting there on time. So I had suit and tie, and I was stepped right up the bat to uh, to speak and to sort of kick things off with the mayor and several other speakers. And uh, they had told me in advance that there were going to be a few people that would get into the water. And I had made up my mind I wouldn't. I wasn't appropriately attired. But lo and behold, the mayor of Johnston <laughs> starts walking over towards that kayak, and she slips into that kayak wearing a blouse and skirt and I thought there is no way that I can't participate in this in this uh, water experience it was uh, it was really a, a great way to kick off the uh, the water trails in such a such a such a viral sense yeah I think being on the water reminds you of being a little kid and definitely gives you that dose of nature in an urban environment and that's why we're so excited about this it's 150 miles of trails with over 86 different sites so that excitement that we get with that first we get to recreate it 85 times with different types of ways to engage with the water And we know certainly there are many quality of life amenities that we have throughout the region, but what makes this project one of those projects, if not the project that is going to rise to the top for decades to come? I think it's the wide and the nature and the scope of this. When you talk about 150 miles of waterway and then trying to activate 86 to 90 different sites where people could enter the water and participate, either canoeing, kayaking, fishing, I mean, pick your pleasure, 
And then on top of that, have sort of three main uh, areas to uh, engage the river in central downtown itself, including, you know, hopefully the zip line uh, materializes. But Hannah, you've been all over this. You know exactly what those three projects look like. Maybe you can frame that for us. Sure. I think the downtown projects, the, they're mitigating the three dams downtown, which is a safety concern. It's something we certainly need to do. But being able to use that to um, enhance the downtown experience, it's been such a great, the community has done such a great job with the Principal River Walk and the East Village. So to continue that by mitigating the dam, but really providing vibrancy and activating our rivers, I think that's the most exciting thing. So you look at that Center Street project and by putting in this white water experience, so we take that one sheer drop and we make it into four smaller drops, giving people that white water experience that we all see in other places, but to be able to have it in downtown Des Moines, I really think takes our community to the next level. And then further downstream at Scott, really being able to augment the, the fishing that goes on there now. It's the most popular fishing spot in the state. And so to make that entire thing fish passage, and you really feel like you are outside in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of an urban environment. So you can go down to the East Village and have a glass of wine after you catch your fish. <laughs> well, Hannah, I think that's great because I think what you've just highlighted is the vast array of demographics in which this is going to touch. This isn't limited to people who, with a lot of means, this is frankly hitting every socioeconomic background out there, uh, and it's in easy to engage, right? There's not an admission price to get on, and there's going to be some availability of, of rentals and, as you, as you point out, the fishing piers. So it really is something that is not limited to a few, but rather a very broad spectrum of individuals throughout central Iowa that can take advantage. And I think, you know, they're talking about seventy-eight to 80,000 people a year actively engaging, plus another 80,000 who might get it on the fringes. So it really is a, an amenity for all, and, and it's, it's exciting. Yes, you get to have that tourist ability downtown, but at the same time, when you go to those 86 other sites, you're able to have that everyday use, whether it's taking your child to go creek walking, catching crawdads, whatever you get to do, um, it's for that everyday, every use. So you've done a wonderful job setting the stage of what this is going to look like once it's activated and what, what folks will experience. Tell us about the process that we've been going through to make sure that we're setting this up from the very beginning in an inclusive manner, ensuring that we have the right folks around the table to truly dive into this. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great uh, point, uh, Tiffany, to really sort of understand in projects of this size, it really has to be public and private. And you think in this case, that as you pointed and framed it, it's the Central Iowa Water Trails Incubator. And there's a number of organizations that are involved, including Capital Crossroads, which has been supporting it all the way along. Catch Des Moines is a big supporter. The Community Foundation of Greater Des Moines, the Des Moines Area MPO, the Greater Des Moines Partnership, and Hannah's organization, the Great Outdoor Foundation. What's been very interesting, and I've been involved in a lot of different projects, and oftentimes you get turned down for people wanting to participate. They have other commitments. They're, they're doing other things. This has been unique because people haven't said no. They want to be part of something this big. They see it as transformational. They see it as once-in-a-lifetime sort of change and activation, and they want to be part of it. And so we've been very fortunate to have some very broad cross-section, again, of individuals who some have environmental concerns and they want help from an environmental perspective. Some it's on recreation. 
Uh, water quality enters into the equation. Tourism enters into the equation. So it is exciting to see so many people say, I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I think what's uh, fascinating by this project, I mean, the Great Outdoors Foundation, we do a lot of fundraising for outdoor recreation and conservation projects. But this one feels different. And when you look at just the groups that are involved, they have a vast array of specialties, right? You have tourism, you have business and economic development, you have outdoor recreation, you have fundraising and community development. And so having that array of expertise and staff to help lay the foundation, and then you look at who's on our LLC board. And when you look at those leaders, the best business leaders that we have within this community, to be able to shepherd this through, we are very confident that we're building something that is not only going to be around for generations, but really attracts and becomes one of those best-in-class examples of what can happen with true public-private partnership. You know, it was interesting. I was thinking back to the conversation we were just having about the entrance point in, uh, in Johnston. And I mentioned the mayor was there, but also uh, the CEO for Corteva was there participating. And, you know, they've been a longstanding uh, business uh, within our community. They donated the land. Uh, and it wasn't a small amount of land. It wasn't just to, you know, put the kayak or the canoe in the water. But it was a parking lot big enough to sort of park oversized vehicles. It had a security phone that you could call if there was an emergency. So that, you know, again, when these sorts of projects cut through and are so close, not only to your corporate headquarters, but I think in Corteva's uh, situation and all the other employers in central Iowa, you have employees that are going to be engaging this. And we want to recruit and retain the best talent. What a great amenity to do that. Do you mind sharing, Dan, in the past you've shared just – Uh, some information that you've heard from candidates, executive candidates that have been coming through to visit our community and some of the feedback that you've heard specific to the river and our opportunity that they've seen just even as they're coming in as recruits. Yeah, it's so true. And and not only our recruits, but we uh, receive about 400 uh, international visitors a year to our campus. Some of them are joint venture partners, customers, uh, but we host and have a lot of people come here to our global headquarters. And they're interested in Principal Riverwalk. And remember when that was done nearly 20 years ago, that the major component of that was flood control. We had a lot of flooding that went on in downtown uh, Des Moines, which was not necessarily uh, helpful in trying to really uh, activate the river and leverage the river for all the, you know, take advantage of the beauty uh, in a more controlled fashion. So that was about a 70 or 80% weighting towards controlling the river a bit more for flood control. And only about 20% was around recreation. This is kind of the opposite. This is going after water quality and recreation. So when we receive international guests, they will invariably run along the river or will entertain along there. But if you, if you really were critical for just a moment and said, Has you, have you really activated it from a recreational perspective? The answer is no. Uh, beyond the Brenton skating rink, Uh, and a few of the fishing piers that exist today. There's so much more, of course, biking and and, and those sorts of things. The last thing I'll say with regards to that good question, Tiffany, is this uh, intent of the water trails was purposely designed to connect with the the road trails, uh, the traditional overland trails. And so we are known in this area throughout Iowa as having great bike trails. What a great reputation to have. Not only do they have great bike trails, but they got great water trails in addition to that. So when we think about uh, not only talent recruitment, but talent retention, what do you envision the impact of this project once it's complete? Well, I think from a, from a talent uh, retention, it goes for every single company out there. 
um, competing for talent, and it's not going to get easier. It's going to become more difficult. It is uh, millennials and, and baby boomers and Gen Xers. They all want to strike the right work-life balance. And usually work-life balance involves doing things outdoors, doing things they enjoy doing, whether it's riding a bike or riding a canoe, kayaking, zip lining. Uh, the Lortzen Skate Park is adjacent to the river, which was a, a great addition to the, uh, to the uh, river walk. And so I think as you think about recruiting and retaining talent, in the absence of this sort of feature in Des Moines, it can, put, uh, it can put us in jeopardy collectively, all employers, on our ability to really uh, attract the kind of people that want to be uh, working for your company while at the same time uh, having a private life that they can uh, enjoy so many different ways activating the river. Selfishly, as a mother, um, I hope that this helps keep my children here, that they don't want to go somewhere else. Uh, we all know what a great place it is to raise kids here. You have a great education system, a great quality of life, that great work-life balance. But I want my kids to not only want to stay here, but bring others, you know, once they go off to college and do what they do to come back and really make a place that De people are proud to be from and that when you say oh I'm from Des Moines it starts a whole conversation about oh I've been there the paved trail system the whitewater park and really have that next level because it, we do have so much going on here. Ironically enough when uh, we were looking at examples I know Jay Byers attended uh, went to Columbus Georgia and also Spokane uh, and we have about 300 employees in Spokane uh, and we're relatively close to the river there uh, and you see the restaurants that have been built. You see the places where you can rent the canoes and the kayaks. You see people using it. I mean, it's a really uh, strong benefit for Spokane and its, uh, its signature. Columbus, Georgia, the exact same thing. It's become a primary amenity for the city on so many different levels. You've done a wonderful job explaining the why behind the project. Now, the how. How do we get this done? Send a check, please. <laughs> In all, in, all, in all seriousness, uh, you know, small amounts are going to go a long way, corporate contributions, individual giving. Uh, it's what Hannah does, and she can speak to this much more eloquently than I can. But like in most projects, uh, it's the ability to uh, contribute in, in, in a way that you can be proud of and you can, put your head on, you can put your head on a pillow at night and feel that you contributed in some way to the success of this uh, very powerful uh, amenity for, for Central Iowa. So um, I think that the how we get this done, we've already started. We put together this great team and have laid the foundation and really, quite frankly, done great research, right? We've done an economic impact study. We're doing a governance study to make sure that this reflects the people that are going to inherit it and use it. So we've done that part. And so the next step is really putting together the fundraising. And um, the private donor is going to be the leader in this. Certainly, we know that we will be going for public funding, and we're already identifying where those buckets of money are at both the state, local, and federal level. But the private donor is really what's showing um, our elected officials that this is important to our constituency and to our community. We just now are kicking off the campaign, and we're excited that we're already pulling our design and pre-permitting. So the clock is ticking on the downtown projects and as we saw with Johnston we're starting to see those successes build in the surrounding areas. And to the extent that the private sector uh, through corporations, through individuals, through uh, families 
that really you're not doing it for yourselves in this case. You are doing it for the next generation. This is for your kids and your grandkids, but it will be a legacy. And although this project may take five to 10 years to complete, it's actually something that we want to complete our fundraising within the next three years uh, to ensure and again, send the right message that we have this thing dialed in and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great for Central Iowa. Excellent. Thank you. So for individuals that want to get involved, in addition to hopefully writing a check, if they, if they want to get involved with, with the Central Iowa Water Trails project, what would you ask them to do? We have a website now, thanks to our team, and it's centraliowawatertrails.org. And if you go there, we have a forum to become involved, and we're right now working on ways to provide that way for you to become a volunteer, to become an ambassador for this project. And additionally, you'll get that insider information. And as this project picks up steam, we're going to have more and more opportunities for folks to get involved, but also to talk to your elected officials, to talk to your friends about how important this project is and how you you see this fitting into your life and what you do within the community is always helpful because the momentum we have has really been driven by those people within the community that want to see this happen. So Dan, you braved the rapids in Johnston. I did. Uh, will we see you on a surfboard in downtown Des Moines at you some will, point? You will not see me on a surfboard, but you will see me in a kayak. Uh, it might it might even be a canoe, but uh, I think I got the bug when I was in Johnston. So uh, three kids and two grandchildren, uh, all but my daughter live here in Des Moines. And I think about, you know, the typical weekend and sort of looking for things to do, things that are challenging, interesting. What could be more interesting than a zip line across the, the river, coming down, enjoying a restaurant along the way, uh, entering whether I'm in, you know, as far north as maybe Fort Dodge or Johnston or West Des Moines or out in Van Meter, going all the way, all over the, the, uh, the state, central Iowa, to think that you could jump in the river and float your way to uh, a central uh, point and jump out. And again, we'll have to work on all those amenities that might help people get, get back home. But I have no doubt it'll be commensurate with the level of use of the uh, facility itself. I think Dan is also going to be one of the first zip liners across I'm in. the river. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, thank you both very much for your time. Any closing comments or thoughts or points you wanted to make sure that our audience hears? The only thing I would say is that these sometimes are projects that they seem really big, uh, and you could stand back and sort of think that everyone else will do the lifting. This actually is one of those projects that I think is grassroots. Uh, as I said when I made my earlier comments, this is inclusive of everyone. And any amount of, of contribution is going to be useful. Uh, there is uh, all the reasons in the world to think about uh, reflecting on how you might benefit directly and how you might participate in this, a project of this size. Because I'll guarantee you, you'll look back 20 years ago and you'll want to say, I participated in some way to making that happen. I think the other thing, on, I mean, that's the perfect closing remark. Then, then, let's not, <laughs> then let's not ruin it, Hannah. I would say this is more of, of a uh, testament to Des Moines and Central Iowa as a whole because I cannot see a project um, of this level happening in many other places because it takes so much cooperation and collaboration to build such a successful campaign that is so holistic and wide-reaching that really um, it's because of the leaders in Des Moines. So uh, certainly the partnership is one of those leaders. So thank you all. 
And thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for your leadership. Thanks for your time today. Our community will continue to hear more and more about the Water Trails Project as we continue to celebrate the progress at each of those 86 sites around the region. You can, of course, learn more at centraliowawatertrails.org and stay tuned because there will be more opportunities to get involved, as Hannah suggested momentarily uh, just a moment ago. Thanks for joining us on the first One Voice DSM podcast. Mm -hmm.